You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. Steve Smith's continuation of his, his historic Ashes form was overshadowed by a sickly blow to the neck that brought an end to an epic battle between the former Aussie skipper and Joffre Archer. To talk through an epic day at Lord's with me, overlooking the nursery ground, Wizen.com's Tar Hashim. Tar, we've got to start with Smith's blow to the neck. There was genuine concern as he hit the deck, evoking memories of... Phil Hughes' death five years ago. After the long delay, he eventually left the field unassisted, but that moment kind of made the rest of the day feel a bit irrelevant. What was your initial reaction to it? Um, it was it was scary. Um, you sat right next to me. Just the whole place went silent. He was flat on the floor, and there'd been such a, a battle brewing with him and Archer for, for, for so many hours. It was captivating to watch. It was it was incredible viewing. Um, and then that happened. Then you and you, then then you don't care about the cricket. You don't care about the score. You forget all of that. It was it was really worrying. And then when he stood up, I, I you know, I breathed a sigh, a sigh of relief because we all know the history. You know this this Australian team close to home, and that he stood up was it was just it was you know, I was just happy to see him stand up. He was hit on the neck, not the head. It, yeah, w- it was a s- scarily similar to the to the blow Hughes took, uh, and and also Smith's not wearing the protective yeah. neck gear and that a lot of batsmen. Where these days, and it and it hit home in the media box. I heard the one thing I heard in the media box was, "Oh, it's just like Phil Hughes's one," and that's instantly it, it frightens you. He, he went and then and then he came back out, of course, and we'll get to that. Well, I'm happy to say that the day will be remembered not simply just for this blow, but more so for, for the incredible innings that he played and the battle that that took place between him and Joffrey Archer. As you alluded to, Smith came back to the crease less than an hour later. A, were you surprised? And B, do you think he should have done? I mean, we were all surprised. You, you just don't think someone's going to bat after that. You know, there was talk about the, the concussion subs. But then, uh, as we've heard now, from we've just come out of the press conference with Justin Langer. Um, we heard from uh, Cricket Australia spokesperson as well. Um, all the concussion tests uh, were done. 
we've been told by Justin Langer just now that there's going to be another concussion test tomorrow morning, which he believes, you know, Smith will be fine. And what's more worrying is, is his arm, which he went for a scan for. But yeah, it's slightly strange that there will be another concussion, concussion test tomorrow. Um, that just feels a bit odd. And then you have him come back and play again. It's just... Yeah, it sounds like Australia followed the protocol 100%. But I was I was surprised about Lionel Langer as well. Isn't, is there not an implication that if there's a further concussion test the next day, they do not categorically 100% know that he's not currently concussed. And, you know, I guess we're not, we're not experts on the protocol here. We're no doctors or anything. But yeah, that did, that did sound strange. And I guess what made it all the more weirder was when he came back out and the way he got out, you know. Steve Smith does not miss a ball that's straight on his pads, and he well, did he, that. He didn't just miss it. it. A ball that was hitting middle of middle stump, he didn't attempt to play at it. Yeah, and it was, it was, it was a weird sight. That's all I can say about that. It was a weird sight to see. That period after lunch was was one hell of a battle. Joffre Archer had an average speed of 90 miles per hour in that spell, a top speed of 96.1 miles per hour. It's so exciting to see from an English point of view. We've never had a Bass bowler like Joffre before, and there was a sense of excitement around the ground as he was bowling. Well, watching him in the opening session, he was sort of ambling in. Of course, we all know Joffre's action is, action is you know cool and calm. Um, but the pace wasn't really there, you know. It, there were a few it was balls. Quite quick. It was still. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, he's, a, he's a pretty quick bowler, yeah. all right. So, but for his standards, that's what I'm talking about here. It didn't. It didn't seem like he was up there. He was. He was. There were a few balls that were in high A's, but he wasn't really crushing through the 90s. And then after lunch, you know, something flicked, and he and he went for it. And he went for Smith, like I haven't seen a bowler go to Smith for before. He was. It was captivating to watch and he just had the plan and he had leg side packed and it was in captivating backwards because Smith was riding it, you know, he was getting through it. There was a there was a pull shot for four that split the field like, you know, just expertly. It, it was he was navigating a maze. And then came the ball afterwards where he got hit on the neck. Do you think that that is how Steve Smith's gonna be greeted for the rest of the series now? Oh of course. I mean that that is that is the tactic. That's what's going to happen. That that is the way they're going to go after him um, because there is no other way to go after him. Um, it was it was it was interesting to see with all the the pre-match hype about Jack Leach's left arm spin. You know, he didn't come on for a while here. I was, was, I was wondering that too. A guy who's been picked to get Steve Smith <laughs> yeah. out didn't bowl at Steve Smith very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but it was always going to be Jofra, uh, as has been the case since Jofra Archer made his England debut. It's always about Jofra. Easy to forget after all that happened today. That was another sensational innings from Steve Smith. His last four innings against England in England, uh, 144, 143, 142, and he only got 92 today. Only 92. That is, well, that, that tells you everything about Steve Smith, doesn't it? Only 92. England would have started the day knowing that if they ran through Australia, they'd have a genuine chance of winning the game. The day ends basically in the opposite scenario where Australia know that if they run through England tomorrow morning they've got a very good chance of winning the game Steve Smith yet again until that smell from Archer did not look like he was going to get out no um, and, you, and, and you're bang on there with, with Australia being the ones in control now we know how England can collapse and just you know they can collapse quicker than any other team in, in international cricket you have a decent start to the morning um, and anything can happen and Nathan Lyon with that rough outside off stump from the nursery end, Ben Stokes was all at sea against him. They have to try and navigate him more more so than the quicks. Nathan Lyon will come into will come into play on day five once again. And they, and they struggled against him last time, day five, so <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to watch. You and, never know what can happen. And, and Lyon should have had two wickets today. Two LBWs against the lefties, Burns and Stokes. They decided not to review it. Both would have been overturned yeah. had they been reviewed. Yeah. Australia Massive. not getting their reviews right. And that could prove costly if 
England to get out of this game with a draw, realistically to bat through to the lunch interval tomorrow and still not be all out. I said to you when Stokes and Butler at the Greece, I genuinely don't back England to, to bat out one and a half, one and a half session. No, you don't. They they can they can collapse like no other team in international cricket. Um, and Nathan Lyons out there, and he's and he's got the, the rough outside off stump from the nursery end, and they couldn't they couldn't manage him last time round at, at, at Edgepaston, and it's going to be that same test again, and an incredible morning session where they can take six wickets. That's not. You know that's not out of the reckoning, especially with this England batting lineup. Uh, ben Stokes did not look comfortable there. Josh Butler has not made um, runs in the in the Test arena for a while now. It is it's going to be tough for England. They can't you know we can't bang on and say it's going to be a draw here. I can see two results. I can see an Australia win and a draw, and I can't see an England win. Cummins two wickets and two balls swung the game even further back into Australia's favour. Joe Root now averages 32 since the last Ashes. Something's not right, and it hasn't been right for quite a long time now. What do you put it down to? Because before that, he averaged over 50 in Test cricket, 53, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to make the basic point and say, oh, he's the captain and that must weigh on him and all that kind of thing. But, but it sounds like you're out to. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like that, doesn't it? The honest answer is I, I don't know because with Joe Root, you can never, you can never pick apart his technique because it's the most solid technique there is, isn't there? Again, I guess... Part of me does think there is that World Cup hangover, mm. that kind of thing, and where these guys haven't played Red Bull cricket in very long. Um, and and the one thing I I mentioned to you is, is, is Steve Smith. Steve Smith hadn't played a first class innings before uh, the Edgebat Test and Test since he'd been in the Test arena, so over a year. But Smith, Steve Smith is a freak. <laughs> um, and Joe Root, as incredible as Joe Root is, and we'll probably go down as England's greatest Test match batsman, he's still not on Steve Smith's level. Joe Root is capable of having slumps. Um, but again, I go back to Smith. And I don't think Smith is capable of that. I, I can't understand. I, I just think Joe Root is going through a rough trot. Um, and I, I've struggled to put a finger on why. It's a long time, though. 18 months. And on the point about Smith, Smith knows his game inside out. And uh, Root, Root has done and was brilliant for a long period of time. Still is a brilliant batsman. But with Butler in particular... I, I worry about the lack of Red Bull cricket he's played and he's having to learn to be a test match batsman in, in, in the heat of battle. We've got a couple of idiots speaking over us. Um, I'm going to keep this bit in the podcast, actually. Uh, some, some lovely people here at Lords trying to get involved with the podcast. Um, where was I? Josh Butler. <laughs> he, he's, he's, learning, he's learning the test game. I'm oh, sorry, did the last minute just happen? Yeah. yeah. Josh Butler is learning Red Bull cricket in the test arena. Um, in, in, in not just any test match, not any test series, in an Ashes series. Should, should, that, should that be the case? Well, demoted to six today, by the way. Stokes promoted above him whilst Lyon was bowling. Yeah, it didn't see, really make a lot of sense. Yeah, it did, it did seem a bit weird. But Josh Butler was always, if he was always going to get back in the test side, it was always going to be him having to learn in the test arena because he doesn't play much first-class cricket. Um, he got picked on the basis of the IPL and it paid off last summer. And um, the thing that's that's not the main issue with me is his lack of his lack of first class cricket. It's more if if you looked at the way he played last summer, it was he still had that intent, and he's talked about this I think before. Um, where remember he, we had on his bat handle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I guess right now it doesn't seem like he's showing that mantra. And the other thing is, I guess with all the England batsmen, I, I put down it again today was just the excellence of the Australian bowlers. They are another level of attack. Pat Cummins, uh, we saw Joffre Archer bowl an incredible spell. I thought Pat Cummins was exceptional um, with and, that new ball. And Peter Siddle as well. Peter Siddle will just keep running in until, I mean, he could 
You could play. When's the next Slash <laughs> series here? I mean, I, I don't care how old he is. So yeah, I mean, he's just he's just an incredible athlete, and and he just keeps coming through. And we'll always be the guy who's like, oh well, maybe we can play someone else instead of him. But no, you know, Peter Siddle, Peter Siddle does what Peter Siddle does, and he and he, and he just keeps coming for you. And he's keeping James Pattinson and Mitchell Stark out of the side. Yeah. Um, you've talked a little bit about it already, but how do you see tomorrow going? I I fear for England in the morning. I feel one or two early wickets, and it will unravel. And I see Australia making a proper game of it. Um, what will be interesting to see is um, if it does become a, a, a chase that is a, is a hurried one, um, Australia's approach towards it. David Warner has not got any many runs this series. Um, and I'm really interested to see how he goes tomorrow because four failures on the bounce will be is, is a very rare occurrence in David Warner's test career. I can almost envision a scene where they need maybe 150, 160 or something, and they probably go for it. Thank you. Well, this has been the Wiz and Ashes Daily Podcast, brought to you by Travel Bag, creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. A brilliant day of test cricket at Lords. It's all set up for a another epic day on day five. See you next time. Podcast Network.